This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Aston Villa 7, Liverpool 2. The Reds suffer their first defeat of the new Premier League season, the heaviest defeat for a Premier League champion. I'm Guy Clark. This is the post-game podcast, courtesy of the Liverpool Echo, as we somehow try to make sense of the madness at Villa Park. Jurgen Klopp reacts to his worst ever defeat in management. You could see in moments, I don't think I had to say that a lot, but tonight, in different challenges, Aston Villa definitely wanted it more than we than us. Our chief Liverpool writer Ian Doyle watching on from Villa Park. Now the decision for Jurgen Klopp really is to have a look on whether he feels there should be more um, more strengthening in the day that remains in the transfer window. Plus we hear from you, the fans. I don't, I'm not someone who likes to slate Liverpool players but he was poor today. Insight, analysis and opinion all to come right here on the post-game podcast. The post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel. Well, I've been covering Liverpool for 20 years now, just over, and I've never seen anything like I've just witnessed at uh, Villa Park here today. Liverpool have been beaten by seven goals to two. It's the heaviest defeat in a league game since April 1963, when they lost by the same scoreline at Tottenham Hotspur. And to be perfectly honest, it could have been more. It could have been 12-13 for Aston Villa. The amount of chances that Liverpool gave away was almost obscene in a way. I mean, Liverpool could have had, did have a, a few chances themselves to add to the goals that they got. But, say, at half-time, Liverpool were 4-1 down. It could easily have been a lot worse. It all started in the fifth minute when Adrian, who was playing in place of the injured Alison Becker, who will be out, we now know, for up to six weeks. Uh, Adrian took a back pass from Andy Robertson, didn't deal with it properly, ended up uh, attempting to aim it to um, Joe Gomez, who was one of several players who was very poor for Liverpool. Uh, and instead, again, to Jack Grealish, he got onto the ball, put it inside. Nolly Watkins got the first of what would end up being a, a hat-trick, and the first hat-trick Liverpool have conceded in the, in the Premier League since Dimitar Berbatov scored a, a treble for Manchester United in uh, September 2010. Um, the second goal, I must admit, I mean, the fact that there's that many goals, I'm struggling to, to remember who actually got them in what way, but I think the second goal was uh, came after about midway through the first half. It was Ollie Watkins again. He ran at Joe Gomez, who, who made the mistake of letting him get into the area, and he fired off a good shot into the top corner uh, then Liverpool got one back Mohamed Sarr scored and it did look as though Liverpool were creating chances and they could have got back into the game however uh, there was a shout for a penalty which uh, when Salah went over under a tackle from John McGinn could have been given you've seen them given and with you know, with VAI who knows what's going on with the, with the decisions that they're making these days but that perhaps would have distracted from what was a very very poor Liverpool defensive performance if they'd have got back to you know 2-1-2-2 something like that uh, it ended up being 3-1 uh, first of three deflected goals that Aston Villa scored John McGinn rattled uh, in a shot which hit Virgil van Dijk and looped in and it was for just uh, a couple of minutes later uh, a free kick uh, routine that uh, that Aston Villa worked uh, to the far post. Trezeguet put it, ended up putting it across. He was on just you know, judged on side, and Watkins tapped in for his hat trick. So four and a half time. Uh, Jurgen Klopp decided to bring on uh, Tukimi Minamino for Naby Keita. To be honest, he could have he could have basically substituted almost all of the players. They were all pretty pretty awful. There were one or two exceptions. Salah was one who ended up getting another goal in the second half. But Aston Villa scored two more deflected goals from Ross Barkley and from the the excellent Jack Grealish. He got another one towards the end, and that Villa hit the bar as well. So. 
as I say, they could have uh, Liverpool could have conceded more. Um, Salah's goal was set up by Firmino. Firmino though didn't really do a lot. As I say, it wasn't just Gomez. There was Firmino. There was Fabinho. There was you know, Genie Alden didn't really make much of an impression. Naby Keita played 45 minutes, didn't exactly do a lot. Uh, Diogo Jota was okay in the first half, disappeared in the second half. I mean. Look at Liverpool's probably best player, other than Salah, was Andy Robertson, who kept on going down the uh, down the left flank, and the you know Minamino and Curtis Jones also did okay when they came on, brought a little bit of energy, but it was far too late to turn the to turn this game around. I mean, I mean, Liverpool have now conceded eleven goals this season. It took them twelve goal twelve games, sorry, in the Premier League last season to concede that many. And now they're going to be off for, for two weeks. You know, the, the next game is Everton, who are the runaway Premier League leaders. Who, who'd have thought that a couple of weeks ago? And so that'll be a massive game. It always is a massive game, but it's going to be even bigger with with Everton's tails up. Liverpool, you know, going to be hurting from this. And the international break not giving Jurgen Klopp much time to actually work at certainly defensively the things that need to be worked at I mean we've got to bear in mind Sadio Mane wasn't playing Thiago Alcantara wasn't playing Jordan Henderson was on the bench he didn't get on and we mentioned Alisson Becker so there were players missing for Liverpool and now the decision for Jurgen Klopp really is to have a look on whether he feels though there should be more um more, more, more strengthening in the day that remains in the transfer window. You look at the goalkeeper situation now that Allison's going to be out. Does he need another goalkeeper? I mean, that that'll be up to him. Adrian, in my view, the the more he plays, not so much the worse he gets, but he's not being as impressive as he was at the start of his Liverpool career. And for me, the centre back situation, they probably need one more to to add a little bit of um, you know pressure on Joe Gomez's place because he's. He's up and down the form. He, he was poor today, as I say, but he wasn't the only one. So it will be interesting to see what happens. But in terms of this, it was a freak result at a freak time in football. So you've seen what happened to Manchester United today, what happened with Manchester City last week. We can expect more of this. Um, I would imagine with more with fans here, this scoreline wouldn't have been that. I said that after the... Uh, you know, after the City game on Twitter when they lost and United wouldn't have lost 6-1 had there been fans there I think it is having an effect and uh, it's going to continue and whoever wins the league they're going to be losing 5 or 6 games this season at least it's uh, a very strange time but one where Liverpool know that they've only got themselves to blame for what happened here The Echo's chief LFC writer Ian Doyle at Villa Park reacting to the Reds' 7-2 defeat. For more from Ian, head to the Echo's website where you'll also find his player ratings and a spoiler alert, there are threes and fours galore for the likes of Adrian, Joe Gomez, Fabinho and Roberto Firmino, as Ian, of course, alluded to in his summary there of the night showing at Villa Park. But what about Jurgen Klopp? What did he make of the horror show at Villa Park? Here he is facing the media after the game. Jürgen, hi. Uh, look, I don't want to put I don't want to put words in your mouth. Uh, how how do you describe uh, what has happened? A few of your colleagues said that already, so obviously <laughs> I have to uh, this now do all the stuff um, myself. So first and foremost, and um, congratulations to Aston Villa and all credit to Aston Villa because they deserve these three points massively. So and um, because they played a really good game. The the, the strange result um, is. Yes, because Aston played really well, but on the other side, because we did in different areas, particularly bad. And that helps then, obviously, not. Um, the, look, today, tonight, pretty much everybody made massive mistakes uh, around the goals, and the first one was obviously Adrian. Um, but the reaction that, that, that was a big mistake, yes, but the reaction on the goal was even a bigger mistake, how we reacted, because it looked like. Um, so we have to take risk when we play offensively. It's absolutely clear. Um, it's completely normal, and that's, that's football and all this stuff. But you have to protect your risk. That's that's normal as well. Uh, these situations and um, 
we didn't do that tonight. That means we had really nice chances, played really good football, came in the box, blah, 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 blah in moments undefendable in the box, which is pretty rare. Um, but each ball we lost, wherever it was, was a massive counterattack and directly a, 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 real, a real problem. So second goal, third goal, free. I think the third goal was a free kick, if I'm right. Um, so really well done. They were now already quicker in mind than we were. Um, and all these things in the challenges, they were, they were more consequent um, and that, um, that, caused, that all caused us problems. So being 4-1 down, but I think even probably even you, when you saw the game, felt um, when we scored the, the one goal, it was like, okay. So um, there's, there's, there's still something to go for. And that's what we thought as well in halftime. If we can stop doing the, the under average stuff or the bad stuff and, um, and can improve the good stuff, Score one, score two, game on. But this was not possible tonight because um, we made similar mistakes again. And then the, the, the deflected goals came in. That's, of course, unlucky. But it's as well, um, as I said now a couple of times, and it's like you can, the deflected goal can be completely unlucky. I thought tonight it was a little bit um, uh, a 50% block, like we didn't block it properly. That's why the ball was deflected. So, um, and you can see these goals, strange scoreline, um, but we have to accept that. And the only good news actually is um, nobody was injured after the game. One more in. You went into the game though without Allison. Um, Adrian played. Um, how damaging is it for Adrian? And, and, and with Allison now, uh, he has this shoulder injury. Is, is it broken? What, what are his chances of playing against Everton? No chance of play against Everton. Um, so we don't know exactly. So you know, in this with this situation. So it, let me say, it could have been worse with the injury. That for sure. Um, uh, that's for sure. So we were slightly lucky, but um, it's not that he can play against Everton. So um, he, I don't want to put a time frame in it, but four weeks could be possible. Six weeks is maybe more likely, but I don't know. So we have to we have to further assess this thing, and um, so that's all it is. But look, not only because of tonight, but um, it's how easy and people are like this, and maybe I'm not sure if journalists are like this as well. But now people will go for Adrian and stuff like this, and say this all. Um, yes, the first goal was not cool, of course, but apart from that, he was. I don't think he had anything to do with all the other goals, pretty much. So we, 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 we didn't help him tonight, let me say it like this, or we did even the opposite. And um, so, yeah, he's a, he's a really good goalie who played last year, 11 games for us, and I think we won pretty much all of them, if I'm right. And um, so that's all fine. Um, tonight was not, our goalie was not the problem, um, only around the first goal. Um, and the reaction for that first goal, yeah, that was not his problem, that was then our problem. And um, yeah, we, we have to do that, but we can do that better. It's quite strange. Look, when you see a game like this, it's now not that I saw these games like 20 times from my team. And um, and I see all these things, and I know I'm old enough to know that strange things can happen in life and in football. Um, but I saw all the things that happened tonight, and I know that um, if you lose the decisive challenges, you will lose football games, and we did that. tonight. If you um, uh, protect your own offensive stuff not properly, you will get in trouble. We got in trouble tonight. And all these things happened tonight. You could see in moments, and I don't think I had to say that a lot, but tonight, in different challenges, Aston Villa definitely wanted it more than we 
than us. And um, so um, that's something I, 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 I saw and um, I don't like, obviously, but now the boys go to their national teams and um, when they come back, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully healthy, all of them. Then we have two days time to prepare the Everton game and um, then we have the chance to do better. I, uh, yeah, you seem um, remarkably um, calm after what it's been. Obviously, uh, it's your heaviest defeat since you've been at Liverpool. Um, is it? Is it as you said because you know this is just a one-off and and you know how to correct it, or how, how come you're so you're so measured about it tonight? Nothing what I could say tonight would help um, with that result. So why should I be now um, completely outraged or something like that? Um, is it only a one-off? I would think so. I would like to think so, but it's not. Even that, I cannot prove tonight. So um, if people want to hear that, I can say that that's one-off. Um, but the, 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 the proof of that will be in the next couple of weeks and months and stuff like this, and not because I say it tonight. So the game like tonight should not happen, 100%. Never happened. Since, we, since I'm here, I, I don't really remember, but I'm not good in remembering these things anyway. Um, don't think I, I lost that high. Not a personal defeat, but it's um, it's a it's a massive one. Um, so all the things uh, you saw as well, and you can make of it what you want. Obviously, that's completely fine. Um, how always, um, but for me, it's only important how we react on that. The only problem is we cannot react tomorrow. We can react on Tuesday. We can we have to show the reaction in two weeks. But that's fine. That's the situation. And um, how I said the two. The boys are very, very self-critical. None of them would now sit there and, and, and put the finger on him or him or him and think he was responsible. These boys are very self-critical. They know tonight everybody has his, um, his hand in this, in this uh, result. And so uh, we, have to, we have to deal with it. And we will deal with it. It's not nice, but it's, the, it's life and it's football. And so that's it. Okay, guys, we've got James Pierce. I've got no other hands up. So, James, to finish, unless anyone else does. So, the answers were that long that all questions are answered. <laughs> Go on, James. Finish, Jürgen, Jürgen, obviously, Jürgen, you lost, you, you lost Thiago and you lost Sadio Mane to COVID going into this game. Then you lost Alisson. Did you feel that the preparations weren't right? Did, did, you, did you fear something like this happening? <laughs> that, that's really for supporters and journalists, like these kind of things. He's not in, he's not in, he's not in. I really does not, I no need for one excuse. Absolutely not. But, but I would each whatever team we could have lined up tonight, um, I wouldn't expect to lose 7-2, to be honest. So that's that's 100 percent So it's just it was not necessary. It was absolutely not necessary. I said it in the beginning, and it's true. Aston Villa did really, really well, but he helped as well. We helped as well. So and this game has then his own dynamic. And then it, when it goes in that direction, we know that then one team is flying and the other team is obviously not flying or um, the opposite of that. And so that's how things can happen. But it should not happen. The, the problem now we can say that 4-1 down in half time, usually a team would say, okay, wait, wait, wait. Uh, we try another five minutes. If it doesn't work, then we, then we just um, defend. But that's not us. And everybody in the, not in the stadium, but everybody who saw the game had the feeling we score one, we scored a 4-2. Then probably game on or not. Not if you, if you play like tonight, but if we can then improve in the game, then game would, would have been game on. So, as I said, it's um, no, it nothing to do with the players we missed tonight. Um, yes, we missed them, obviously, but they were had nothing to do with the result, and especially not the players who replaced them. 
Yeah, and, and usually win, win or lose, you you tend to not say much to the players straight after the game in the dressing room and have then your debrief at Melwood the following day. Obviously, with the international break, will you be denied that? And and did that change the way you you approach things in the dressing room after this game? No, actually, I don't know since when, but already since a while, I, I speak to the players after the game. Um, if we, if, even if we win or if we lose, it's nothing to do with that. So I spoke to the boys, yes. But it's more, but it's clear when you go, when the boys go on international, then I do that always, maybe slightly longer. Um, but today I, I did it like last week, the week before, like in the last probably 20, 30 games, I would say. So I always speak shortly to the players. Jurgen Klopp's reaction to the 7-2 defeat to Aston Villa at Villa Park in the Premier League. A bizarre, bizarre night for the Reds. We'll dip into the Blood Red podcast Facebook group shortly, but let's hear from some of our regular contributors here on postgame. Passionate and forthright views coming up. Alex Watt with his say after Ross Strachan kicks things off. Where do we begin? 7-2 defeat. Absolute embarrassment. I'm embarrassed at this point of what's happened. Be absolutely rolled over. I've never seen such a poor defensive play for Liverpool in a long, long time. I don't even know if I've ever seen a Liverpool side roll over so easily. The defending champions to concede seven goals. I think they said on commentary it was something like 1963 since Liverpool have conceded seven goals. And to lose in that manner, we went with an absolute whimper without a no fight whatsoever. And yeah, I find that really worrying though, going forward for the rest of the season. Yeah, first goal, obviously, is a key one in these sorts of games. And Allison's in for the Allison's out and Adrian's in. And, you know, it's it's very easy to blame the goalkeeper. Yeah, the first goal, understandably, he's made a poor mistake and he's conceded in the first five minutes, I think it was. And it's set the tone for the game. But it's it's far too late. It's it's too lazy and too easy to just go and blame the the fact that the Allison's not playing. It's Adrian. The defensive display from the first minute to the last was just totally not good enough. You know, I've never, like I say, I've never seen that before. Joe Gomez was absolutely awful. I don't. I'm not someone who likes to slate Liverpool players, but he was poor today. Really poor. Got. Got caught out a couple of times, and it was simple things really. And yeah, they, we were playing such a. We've always played this high line, but it seems this season we're playing you know higher than ever. And I've mentioned it about the Arsenal game. We played high, and it was worrying. And we've played so high. We were literally on the halfway line. Where we were getting caught out every attack from Villa. Yeah, we had a couple of chances, and obviously Salah's got a couple of goals in that game, but. They got seven, they could have been in double figures. They've missed a couple of great one on one chances and No, it's I feel really I feel really embarrassed about what's happened. Earlier on in the afternoon you're seeing United concede six, getting beat six one, and you're having a little chuckle yourself going, Oh, look how United have fallen. And then we go and concede seven. Oh, it's unhappily unheard of. I'm not sure what Klopp's gonna come out with after that, but he needs to be giving them a huge rocket. A huge talking to. Yeah, international's coming up. And it's the derby next, isn't it? That's an Everton absolutely flying. 
there's no more motivation now going into a derby to rectify what you've got to say is the worst performance under Klopp by a country mile. The worst performance I've seen for Liverpool for many, many a year. To apps, like I say, roll over in them circumstances in that manner, just not good enough. Then I, I don't, I don't know where to begin. Yeah, we missed. Obviously, we're missing Mane, but he's he's an attacking player. We missed that keeper, but it's like I say, it's far too easy, far too lazy to go out just because Adrian's playing. We've conceded seven. No, the defending was not good enough from the beginning. And yeah, it's just I'm just really disheartened, but. Yeah, we're the Premier League champions, but Premier League champions should not ever, ever be getting beat 7-2 by a team like Aston Villa. All I will say, credit to Aston Villa. Obviously, they've done the homework, they've studied us, the high line, they've played perfectly into the positions. Jack Grealish, who I've always been a fan of, I thought he pulled the strings for them. Cracking player, you know, got lucky with one of the goals, a deflection. Second one he took really well. Really good player. Shame he's never going to be at a top club because I think he's just signed a new deal for Villa. But no, like I don't, I don't really care about Villa. But he's a he's a top player. But yeah, we need we need a huge, huge wake up. That has got to be a huge wake up call going into the international breaks and the derby coming up. We need a huge, huge reaction. We can never ever get embarrassed about like this again. Come on, Liverpool. Hello, Alex Watt from Did It Cross The Line podcast. Uh, it seems like a long time ago that we were laughing at Man United for losing 6-1 to Spurs. I honestly thought we'd be able to do that safely because really didn't see this result coming against Villa. Um, what ridiculous day at the office for Liverpool. Just a shocking performance, but... By the time it got to six or seven, you just had to laugh, really, because it was so bizarre. I mean, I've not seen a Liverpool performance like that in years. Um, should start by saying that Villa were great, to be fair to them. They beat us at our own game. They bullied and pressed us out of the game in midfield. Counterattacked incredibly, constantly exploited our high line. Um, they deserved the win, no doubt about that, but... Such a strange performance from Liverpool. You know, we're not used to seeing this kind of thing anymore. You know, maybe this is my fault for proclaiming so confidently the other week that Liverpool would win the league after our performance last weekend. Um, I should never try and be optimistic, clearly. <laughs> um, considering Man City dropped more points yesterday as well, this is the last thing we needed to be doing, really, on the back of that. Um one of the worst performances I've seen from Liverpool under Klopp. It was absolutely baffling at times. Um, for starters, I'm slightly frustrated that I've spent the last couple of weeks defending Adrian as our number two. And then he went and obviously made that early error uh, coming in to replace Alisson today, obviously. Um, by the way, I will say I still don't like the Adrian isn't good enough narrative. I'm not sure where people think... These incredible backup goalkeeper options are supposed to come from. Like, we can just go and get All Black from Atletico on deadline day or something to sit on the bench behind Allison. You know, it's 
it's not feasible. It's very tough to find a consistent deputy keeper precisely because they know they won't get the game time. You know, in reality, Adrian is one of the best options available to us because you have a situation where if a number two is too good, then they'll go and become a number one elsewhere, which is exactly what's happened with Martinez going from Arsenal to Villa. And he was annoyingly good today, unfortunately, when we did get chances. Um, And, you know, it, it seems like always when an error is made by a goalkeeper like that, immediately pundits will say, oh, we should just kick it long when, you know, this is how Liverpool play. They play out from the back. The pass to Gomez was on. It made sense. It's just that Adrian misplaced it. And I think other than that error, he didn't play that poorly today, to be honest. He's just an easy guy to scapegoat when... Actually, you need to be looking at a number of the outfield players who deserve digging out far more for this performance. You know, the bigger concern for me was how Liverpool struggled whenever Villa counterattacked. You know, it's always risky playing that high line. And real credit to Villa because they were holding their runs. They were beating the offside trap to exploit it again and again. Why Liverpool and Klopp didn't then change it after this happened a few times, I really don't know. You know... The worry is that both Leeds and Villa now have exploited this high line and punished us really badly for it. Um, You know, it's an issue that we looked like we'd stamped out after the Leeds game because we were so solid at the back against Chelsea and Arsenal. And my worry is that the mid-table teams, if you like, are going to exploit this more and more unless Klopp gets a handle on it uh, going forward. And... You know, it's not just a high line. Liverpool gave the ball away sloppily so many times. They let Villa press them again and again in a way we would usually expect Liverpool players to do, you know. And that is a concern because we were beaten at our own game today. You know, every time Villa attacked, it looked like they might score. And that just isn't the way Liverpool play normally. We didn't dictate the rhythm of the game at all. And it is really strange to see us play like that, coming off the back of those last two league performances, which were so impressive. Um, we basically made Ollie Watkins look like prime Messi at times. I can't believe we allowed Ross, Bar- Ross Barkley, of all people, to score. I can't believe John Terry was involved in a result like this over us, which makes me feel a bit sick, to be honest. Um Yeah, it's just such a strange performance to try and analyse and put into words because... Yes, we were missing a couple of players, but you wouldn't expect a drop-off like this because of that. You know, yes, we missed Sadio Mane's energy up front, of course. Of course, not having Alisson makes us a bit less secure at the back. You know, maybe we needed Henderson or Milner in the midfield a lot earlier. Um, Milner came on eventually, but it was too little too late, really. But all of this doesn't really tell the full story of... You know, the majority of those players on the pitch are the starting eleven you would see week in, week out. So it's all very strange. You know, I didn't think we'd be going into the Merseyside derby after the international break behind Everton in the league and with them at the top of the table of all things. But here we are. It's a strange season. Um, It was always going to be a big game, the Merseyside derby. It always is. But with the form Everton are in this season and after this result, it just got even bigger and Obviously, Man City fans are going to be rubbing their hands together now watching this one, knowing that Everton game is next for us. It, Yeah, bit of a, a fall back down to earth, a reality check for Liverpool because it shows how quickly things can change. And it has been a wild start to the Premier League season across the board for teams. So 
I'm hoping we can chalk this up to a one-off game and just get back to normal from now on. Um, because, you know, I'm still I'm still going to stick to us and back us to win the league. So, yeah, up the Reds, the bizarre, bizarre Reds today. Cheers. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. No, it wasn't a bad dream. Liverpool coming to terms with a 7-2 away defeat to Aston Villa this evening. Let's get back to the fans. Mark Baker following on from Lauren Black. I think it's hard to describe that game really from a Liverpool perspective. Right from the very first minute, you could see that Aston Villa were, were well up for the game and, and putting us under pressure. Weren't allowing us to play our, our usual game and weren't allowing us time on the ball or space to be able to pass it between ourselves. And at that at that point, you could see, you know, we were sort of out of options. That's mainly what our team does and what, what we, we like to do is play out from the back and um, they just weren't allowing us that, that opportunity. Obviously, the keeper made an early mistake to give to give them even more ammunition, added fuel to the fire, basically. And you could see that definitely knocked his confidence and our confidence for the for the remainder of the game. You obviously can't blame the keeper for for the scoreline tonight. I, I, I thought our defence and our whole team performance really was was quite bad. Obviously, Salah gave us that little bit of a lifeline to make it two one. And, you know, you did you did have that that hope that, you know, we could maybe get another equaliser before half time and that's definitely something we would have been searching for. But obviously Aston Villa didn't let it stop their momentum and ended up putting seven past us, which is which is quite embarrassing to be honest. Obviously we were missing two key players in our lineup tonight in Sadio Mane and Alisson in goal, but you know, t- even taking them two players out of the team, our our eleven was very, very strong. And, you know, there's no excuses really for, for how the team performed tonight. I, I wasn't too happy with Klopp's substitutions, I don't think. Uh, in my opinion, I think either Jordan Henderson or James Milner should have came on at half-time. Um, I think they would have made a little bit of, of a change in that midfield. I can see why he's brought Minamino on. Obviously, he wants, he wants us to try and keep hold of the ball. And, you know, Minamino and Firmino and, and whoever else is really good in, in tight spaces. But... Villa weren't giving us that opportunity in the first 45, so they certainly weren't going to give us the same opportunities in, in the second half. Um, no disrespect to Curtis Jones, but he wasn't going to do as much good when coming on, I don't think. You know, he's, he's still a young kid developing. You know, it, it's all right to put him in against against teams like Lincoln and, and let him show what he's about, but, you know, I think I think we were 4-2 or 5-2 or whatever at this point. I don't even know what the scoreline was, and... It it wasn't it wasn't gonna be um the best for his confidence either. Um, Joe Gomez had had a performance that we, that we all want to forget tonight. I can understand why Klopp left him on for the second half. I think there was obviously talks at half time whether he'd be the one to come off and have Fabinho drop back into the defence and have um, another midfielder come on. Obviously he's kept him on a half, for the second half to maybe you know think he can he can overcome that little bit of. I don't know, almost fear maybe um, that he had, but he clearly wasn't confident enough and made a few blunders that led to more goals in the second half. So, you know, we've only got ourselves to blame, really. The only positive I can take from this this performance tonight is Mo Salah's two goals, both really good finishes from, from the winger. Um, but, yeah, this is definitely a lesson. Um, 
for our squad tonight and you know you've got to learn that you know we're, we're a beatable team every team in this league can can win so yeah fingers crossed we take this time over the international break and come back better ahead of the Mesa derby in a few weeks Mark Baker reflecting on Aston Villa versus Liverpool in the Premier League so I said last week that the difference will end up Liverpool winning the title is the fact of amongst other things that they can always stay in a game are competitive in every fixture and give themselves the platform to be able to compete um, home or away over 38 games. It's very rare that games get away from them or they're beaten in a convincing manner at all. Might as well have just forgot about that because I, I can't even... It's not often you watch games of football and you're absolutely lost for words at sort of what you've seen, but I have never seen... A team with coming from a ceiling in which Liverpool have and the performance a week before from Arsenal is slumped to the level that they slumped to today against Aston Villa. I mean, don't get me wrong, there's capitulations that you see in football. So, some that stand out to me is obviously Barcelona last season against Bayern Munich. But that was a Barcelona team who were really playing a level against the Bayern Munich side, which they, they shouldn't really have been at. They were nowhere near Bayern's level. And it was just carried for the last two years, the team, by the greatest player of all time, which means that they were able to get there in the first place, but shouldn't have been on that sort of platform. The other one sprung to me, man, was also Barcelona. I think it was in around 2013 when Bayern Munich it destroyed them over two legs, something like eight or nine nil. And that was the other end of the scale in which that was a team who had been brilliant, but it was the end of their cycle. You could see the wheels had come off somewhat. The intensity had gone out of the game and holes were starting to appear. And that's what you tend to get these results from. A magnitude of a team maybe being in a situation where they're up against an opponent where they shouldn't be and, and the chasm and the gulf in the two sides is just too big. Or like I talked about in the latter example, where a team is at the end of the cycle and can't maintain the previous levels up against an excellent opponent. Now, that is none of them cases today. Liverpool have gone to Aston Villa, who, by the way, I thought Aston Villa were, were fantastic. And, and Jack Grealish, I thought, was put on a, a, an unbelievable display, really. He's got so much talent, great player, can travel with the ball, pick a pass, do a lot of things from that position. And I thought Villa in general were very, very, very good on and off the ball. But Liverpool are playing a Villa side who just you know, uh, survived relegation last season. And at best, they're probably going to be a mid-ranking Premier League team. And to be honest, the scoreline probably, in a way, flattered Liverpool. It could have been even more, really. And they were absolutely dominated in every area of the game. I know Liverpool clocked up around about you know, 69 68% possession, but in all aspects of the game, in terms of second balls, in terms of, I'd say, use of the ball. I mean, Villa were just siving through Liverpool time after time. Liverpool's intensity to get about the pitch, the positioning of the players, both to... Um, to engage with the ball higher to stop Villa being able to break lines and also the positioning of the back four leaving space in behind with no pressure on the ball was absolutely catastrophic and at times it actually became uh, well it, it actually became a bit of a laugh in the, in the second half I must admit I mean there's one point where uh, Jamie Carragher questions Adrian's position when a ball comes into the box and honestly I just spent a couple of minutes just rewinding it laughing my head off when he says what's going on here because it was that comical. And I think it's a probably a good place to start in, in all of the, 
the melee of Liverpool's performance and, and literally you could pick out all kinds of aspects which were wrong with it. I think you'd have to start with the goalkeeper. I mean, does it end up being what it is? If the start doesn't happen, the lack of confidence that he, he presides over, over the side, I mean, I think it's been you know noticeable for a while now that Adrian's way below the level that's expected to play for Liverpool and and you know deputised for Allison. I mean a, a mistake um, when Liverpool went out the FA Cup. No doubt uh, the main contributing factor in going out the Champions League. I mean, and today is distribution. It's 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 all his technique really. I mean you look at him both with the ball at his feet and his actual technique of goalkeeping. It's way beyond elite level. And I know it's difficult to get number twos of the required quality, but you have to have someone at least who's reliable and can do the basics okay in terms of stopping the real chances, in terms of XG stops and stuff like that and shots within close proximity. You're not probably not going to get a, a a number two who percentage-wise shows great numbers, but you want him to be reliable. And honestly, it's it's getting to the point now where every time Adrian's in goal, it's just a case of when is he going to make his big mistake. I mean, today he's got it on his left. He's put the ball onto his left foot. And how he's played the ball behind Joe Gomez is just... Well, it, I can't even describe it for a professional footballer, really. And some of the rest of his play during the the game. I mean, that, that cross that I just talk about with Carragher is just comical, really. I don't know how you'd even analyse that on a goalkeeping level. And it'll be really interesting because apparently, you know, there's rumours that there's a big injury for for Allison, And it'll be really interesting to see if Liverpool not normally wants to panic and they normally have a structured plan in the market. But when an incident like that occurs with with a goalkeeper at that level, would they, would they be forced into the market on the last day? And I never thought I'd say that as an emergency, but you've got to really have concerns with this goalkeeper for any period of time. I mean, Joe Gomez, I don't know, since the since the break for the lockdown, his performance has just plummeted, and I'm a massive Joe Gomez fan as well. Um, so there's two areas concerned. But literally, to be perfectly honest with you, you could go on all night. I think the Liverpool have got enough credit in the bank of how they performed over two years. They've been absolutely magnificent in the way they've approached that absolutely every single game. Very hard to analyse what happened tonight. It's 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 really difficult. But I think the one thing to come out of the game is the real concerns over the goalkeeper. And it looks like he's going to be, if they don't, which is highly unlikely, sign someone to come in and play the position while, while the first choice is out. Could be in for a really difficult time. And people can say that, listen, he played last season. And he did do all right in the, in the first part of last season. But on a technical level, he's below the level required. And although Liverpool got away with it to some extent, last season at the start. I don't believe they'll do it again, not with a goalkeeper at that level. Mark Baker with his say and plenty to say on Adrian between the sticks for the Reds after Lauren there with her say. Well, let's get into the Blood Red Podcast Facebook group then. And if you simply search for Blood Red Podcast on Facebook and find the group, you could well have your thoughts read out here on the post-game podcast. Mike Hyde is one of those. And he says, this showed that we desperately need our key players, Hendo, Mane and Allison. Allison made so many great blocks against Arsenal on Monday and he won us the game together with the amazing Mane. The team tonight was so disjointed. It's OK, we've just got to gear ourselves up and and beat the Blues next. 
Matthew Jones writes, embarrassing. Losing the game isn't an issue as you can't win them all, but shipping seven against any opposition is alarming. Let's not try and disguise this defeat as one with three deflected goals and an Adrian error and on another day, etc, etc. We were a shambles from start to finish. It'll be interesting to see whether the defeat galvanises the team or we end up having a tough few weeks while Alisson gets back to fitness and we sort out who is going to play alongside Van Dijk. And finally, Andrea Johnson says, well, that was a shocker. A real off day, which can happen. All of them having an off day on the same day? Unbelievable. Really feel we missed Hendo for pressing, and the problem with having the best keeper in the world is that the step down to the number two is huge. Raging about this stupid international break, only two days to get it right for Everton, who will be buzzing with the weekend's results. Well, for more reaction to a stunning, shocking, surprising defeat to Aston Villa, do join us for the Blood Red podcast on Monday, as our writers have their say. Available wherever it is you get your audio on demand. Before we go, though, Owen Thomas with his say, but not before Matt Whitty here on the Post Game Podcast. Well, a weekend of strange results with Leeds drawing with Man City, uh, Leicester losing at home to West Ham and Manchester United getting battered at home by Tottenham Hotspur. But I think we've taken the biscuit, really, with uh, with this result away to Aston Villa losing 7-2. It's just incredible. Um, yeah, it was a let's let's make no mistake. It was a really really poor performance from pretty much every player that was on the pitch, and yeah, just an absolute disaster, and probably the worst performance, um, certainly the worst score in Klopp's uh, tenure. But I think it was also the worst performance in Klopp's tenure. Yes, there was some. Moments of bad luck, um, obviously before the game with some of the injuries. Um, the three of the goals were took enormous deflections, um, and uh, yeah, and we probably should have had a penalty for a a clear block on on Salah that Martin Atkinson didn't give. But really, we, we we've got to look to ourselves for for that performance. Um, yeah, Adrian was very poor with his feet and just gave them uh, gave Villa such a lift at the beginning of the game within four or five minutes with that poor ball across uh, Gomez who, who I'm a massive fan of and I think he's got you know a really really good uh, uh, potential and actually you know, not even potential I think he is a really really good centre back just had an absolute nightmare and uh, was playing people on side was giving people loads of room to c- cut inside for shots it was just really poor. Um, and I think if you look at the starting 11 and the substitutes, really only Salah, who was involved for, for clearly took his, his goals well, is probably going to take anything out of that game. N- nobody else is going to look back at that game and think, yep, did did everything I could. And it was and it was it was worrying really. Um, I thought that Aston Villa looked really dangerous every time they went forward in the first half and the second half. I thought the same about us for periods in the first half when we attacked them, but not really in the second half. I just didn't really think we posed that many problems. Couple of saves from Martinez, but overall, um, yeah, they they had some lucky deflections, but yeah. Another day, um, Barkley doesn't miss all of those hitters before it gets to that point. And yeah, it's uh, 
potentially even worse. So we've just got to probably sit back, enjoy the international break, take it on the chin and come back and address it in training in uh, in 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 10 or 14 days time yeah bad day bad day hello this is owen from cop on podcast well 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 the last time liverpool conceded seven goals was on the 15th of april 1963 a monday night john f kennedy was president of the usa Harold Macmillan was Prime Minister of Britain and Jerry and the Pacemakers were at number one in the UK charts with a song called How Do You Do It? 7-2 was the scoreline back then in favour of Tottenham Hotspur. The match report by Michael Charters that evening was published with the headline Liverpool were never inferior by five goals and ended with praise for Yates, Stevenson and Moran in defence and the final line, but it wasn't their day. This evening, however, we could easily have conceded at least ten. It's too close to the final whistle and the taste of defeat is too bitter in the mouth to offer much in terms of analysis. But the most infuriating aspect for me is that we didn't try as hard as Villa. Rule number one if you want to win a match is that you at least put every ounce of effort into it and yet we looked exhausted trotting around the pitch with neither vim nor verve. This was not the rutting stallion in heat that we wanted, more an asthmatic Shetland pony with a limp. Everyone apart from Salah, Jota and Andy Robbo should sleep very uneasily tonight, knowing that they could have done a lot better. Back to Jerry and the pacemakers, and they hadn't even recorded our anthem, You'll Never Walk Alone, the last time we'd suffered a defeat like this. I'm sure lots of angered fans will be taking to social media to insult various players this evening, but I shall not behave like that. I shall behave like good ideas behaved with our players' heads tonight, and stay well away. This is Owen from Cop on Podcast, disgusted, of course, like we all are, and wanting, desiring, craving a huge reaction away at Goodison Park after two weeks of reflecting on this. Not good enough. You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.